You're listening to the Cinema Snarks Podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Ren. And we are going to tell you how we really feel about drag films. Yes. Love them. (laughs) The answer. (laughs) That's your answer. Spoiler alert. We love them. (laughs) But it is June, which means it is Pride Month. And Ren and myself, both being big fans of drag and drag queens, the art form of drag, drag kings, and all of those between. We thought it would be fun. (laughs) Bio queens, yes. Uh, We thought about the ladies (laughs) dressing up as ridiculous ladies. Uh, We thought it would be fun to just do an episode dedicated to us talking, maybe shedding light in case you haven't watched some of these films, uh, about our favorite films about the arts of drag. Now, Ren, you are somewhat of a, a bio queen yourself, yes? On occasion. I'm a theater like person and that takes up all of my time, but if I didn't have theater productions, I absolutely would just be a drag queen. That is how I would get out my my needs to perform. Would be putting on makeup and being ridiculous. A bit of a bio queen, sure. Yes, let's go with it. <laughs> yeah. Y'all just need to check out her makeup skills are amazing. So my Instagram. <laughs> I presume we'll be seeing a uh, small a small person coming onto that Instagram soon-ish. Yes. <laughs> uh, in the next month or two, we'll start seeing a little a little person uh, little known teeny, as her baby. Tiny baby Rollins. Yes. Her, her child yes. uh, is coming they will, soon. Yes. This child whose gender we do not yet know because it doesn't matter. We're waiting to find Bless. out. We, we stand a parent group <laughs> that doesn't do a gender reveal. Absolutely Tired not. Tired <laughs> We're, do, we're gonna do a co-ed baby shower because that's all you actually let you know that's enough I, th- I don't think you need two gonna have a baby parties the tiny baby will not be in makeup i promise not at oh least until they're like two years old at least Woo! the people will go wild uh <laughs> red would get canceled quick and she put that little baby in some well, I think we'll kick this one off with one I know we both love. It's near the top, I believe, of both of our lists. Actually, I think it's the first movie we talked about for my Pride series over on my Chili Boy Productions channel. And that's The Birdcage. Yes. Yep. <laughs> From the 90s, the classic with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane yes. just killing it yes if you can get past the like couple little bits of 90s cringy it's incredible it's just so funny i am already a fan of farces basically that's my favorite type of a comedy but oh my god nathan lane hank azaria and robin williams at the top of their comedic game it there's just there's nothing that even comes close to touching it in my opinion like is the movie that I make boyfriends sit and watch with me to like make sure that we're gonna be okay? <laughs> like, I don't understand what one of the uh, formative films of my life is. So the thing with it, it's not the costumes are not as big of a deal, no. right? Like that's one of the things that I really like about drag films, but it really it's the comedy. It's just such a well put together uh, script and the acting yeah. is so good and the comedic timing is so like, <sighs> on point it's such a shame like i, I know we complain about the oscars a lot here on this this podcast 
But it's just such a shame that the Oscars don't respect comedies like that. Because honestly, I mean, I'd have to go back and look through the year clearly and see what got nominated. But this not being nominated for screenplay feels like an injustice. Uh, I know there was debate because I was recently doing a podcast about like best supporting actor losses or not nominated. And I was like, oh, you know who I really want to put on my list is Nathan Lane uh, for a birthday. <laughs> But I was like, is oh he God. supporting or is he co-lead? That's I was like, I know there's like a fine line there with that supporting co-lead business. It's just so good. Like I could probably go through that entire movie and just line by line. But oh, I talk to me that way. What <laughs> that way that says that you're right because you're a man and I'm wrong because I'm a woman. You're not a woman. <gasps> oh, you bastard! <laughs> oh, good. So. Good. No, it's like probably top three funniest films like of all yeah. time for me. It's <laughs> hilarious. Everyone yeah. in Hank Azaria, like just is so <laughs> ridiculous and amazing. <laughs> yes. Diane Weiss is so good. Are you afraid of my Guatemalanness? <laughs> what? My Guatemalanness, my natural heat. <laughs> you don't want me up on stage with estrogen rockets? <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Like, really, uh, yeah. We don't get as much, like, legit drag in this. Like, we don't get a performance as much. Like, it kind of has, like, the little bits on stage. is like, kind of just there. The big drag part obviously comes with Nathan Lane posing as the wife. Posing as the wife <laughs> and the conservative father. Sneak out. Falling in love with him. <laughs> yeah, and then them all sneaking out of the club at, like, the yeah. end of the night to... to sneak him away and everyone is in, in his yep. drag and oh. that's like the ridiculousness of it all it's one of those movies where you're like i mean he doesn't not look like a woman necessarily but you're also Nathan like, lane he <laughs> clearly is not a woman like he's not even wearing like i mean, that's the thing with drag too and that's like one of those suspension of disbelief things is that like in a lot of these movies no this is the ones that make it a little bit harder is like a woman in uh, a man in drag does not look like a woman, right? Like a man in drag is most of the time playing with the concept of femininity yeah. and they are a caricature of a woman. This oh. is the reason why bio queens exist. That's why when a woman wants to dress up and do drag, it still makes sense because she's not trying to look like a woman like she normally looks yeah. she's looking like the impersonation of a woman and so nathan lane in the birdcage is not like wearing any makeup <laughs> like he's just a man in a wig just this nathan is why ren doesn't she doesn't go for those fishy queens that are like legitimately like beating their I mean, face to like a feminine look. i find that an incredible demonstration of skill for me drag the fun of drag is the 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 ridiculousness of it the glam the like camp the like next levelness of it right like i actually think that rupaul is an excellent balance rupaul doesn't seem like he's putting on a ton of makeup to like change the shape of his face mm -hmm. he is a camp drag queen without it being like jarring the one the one that won the all-stars that shouldn't have that it should have been vende la creme oh trixie Trixie, stupid Trixie. <laughs> There's stupid, ugly makeup that I hate. Ooh. Stupid, ugly, 
look, it's horrible. People will come for me. Once this is posted, they will harass me about how Trixie is incredible. I I have no feelings on the person, their performances. I fucking hate their makeup. (laughs) But I think you're right. RuPaul is great. Uh, He acts like a drag, like a campy queen. You could tell, obviously, with all Mm -hmm. of his humor. If you watch Drag Race, RuPaul's humor is camp to the max. That's all he likes is, Mm -hmm. like, ridiculous. But he obviously can serve, like, Glamazon. So that was his thing, Glamazon. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. he looks beautiful. Um, And this, Nathan Lane. (laughs) Original supermodel. Like, that that was RuPaul. Robin Williams and he play off each other so damn well in this movie. I mean, it's just, like you said, it's two of the best comedians of all time in Nathan Lane and Robin Williams, both doing some of their career best comedic work Mm -hmm. together. Like, how do you get better than that? And the, 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 the timing is so good and the energy is incredible. So this film is directed by Mike Nichols. If you don't know who Mike Nichols is, you do. You love his films. He's an incredible director. (laughs) But The Birdcage is one of those that, like, you can just see. It's just so well-directed, right? It's, like, every single single shot, every single, like, transition, it just feels so good and so right. It's, it's, It's an incredible film. It's just hilarious. I love it. It is easily my favorite drag film and it is potentially, it is absolutely on the top of my like favorite films of all time. It's just so good. I could watch it over and over again and never stop laughing. What's the next movie you want to talk about, Ren? Let's talk about Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I love this one. Um, I would say it's probably like my second favorite drag yeah. film. Um, the thing about Priscilla, Queen of the Desert that I really enjoy is the costumes are effing incredible. That is the star of this film. The acting is really good and not in like a, it, like there are funny moments. It's certainly like a comedy for the most part, but they really do deal with reality and dramatic situations. Karen Stamp. Um, and uh, so the Karen Stamp really is much more of um, a, a transgendered woman. And there, there isn't cringiness to it in the way that you often get with films that try to address these things. Yeah. And you look at them now and you're like, ooh. The other two are like mostly living as men that then put on drag yeah. when they're in drag. So I think it's really progressive in that way. It's basically, a, it's a drag queen road trip movie, um, which is wonderful. Um, you also get Weaving, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. he's a Weaving. Hugo oh. Weaving, uh, Agent Smith, pre-Agent Smith. Yes. As a drag queen, and here's at his like young hot guy oh. hottest. Um, I mean, it's almost, that's one of those performances that's like almost unbearable to watch Guy Pierce on the screen because he is so damn hot in this he's movie. He's so hot. And there's another thing that the film does deal with too is like um, they deal a lot more realistically with, um, with gay, with homophobia and like gay bashing and uh, what it is, what the experience really is for them. It, does, it doesn't insulate them and it's not like a... There is camp in this film, but there is, they don't live in a campy, insulated world. They live in a world where it is dangerous to be a man dressed as a woman. It's a beautiful, hilarious film, and it's like visually beautiful. It's also like you watch it and you will cry at least once. Really touching also with like 
the Hugo Weaving character's storyline, he has a kid, like this ex-wife situation, which is also, you know, super relatable to a lot of people, especially, you know, early 90s when it wasn't really still accepted and it was still like this weird, you know, you probably lived most of your life in the closet. <laughs> it was a really great storyline. And then oh, we talked about the, the birdcage not having great costumes per se. Priscilla has amazing costumes. <laughs> <laughs> this is it if you, there's, if you want to just if you're not going to like watch Silicon in the Desert if you want a taste of like the costumes just google um, for Silicon in the Desert there is a, a video of one montage where they go from costume to costume to costume It's, I mean it's totally unrealistic they couldn't have possibly actually gotten from this like one costume to the other but there's, a, there's like two points in the movie I think that they do that there's like they're literally like campsite and yeah. doing like this little lip sync routine and then yeah the finally one at the end where they are actually on stage doing their performance and <laughs> you're like these costumes are absolutely amazing but between each verse they pop up with these new costumes totally. <laughs> and they it play totally it off like it's the same performance because the whole circumstance is the same at the end and you're like oh no 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 dear that was three separate performances or four separate because those they like make the sydney opera <laughs> as part of these costumes these weird lizards these ostriches i mean they are so extravagant and amazing Karen Stamp's character is also kind of a retired drag queen. Like, she's like, fine, I'll do it. But she's not enthusiastic anymore about all this. And just saying, I love a bitchy queen. Her face, like, she just is so over it on the stage, like, not getting into it. While, like, uh, Guy Pierce over here is just like, oh, like, really all out for it. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Definitely class this one up way up near the top for her favorite drag films. Now that Asian bride, uh, vagina, pussy pong thing. That's all weird. That is all weird. That is the one, <laughs> that is the one glaring negative. Like, that's the cringe. Uh, no, yeah. it should have been cringe right around when it came out, too. I don't know, but it's definitely cringe if you watch it now. Watch a lot of movies from the 90s over again and go, oh, no. Yeah, that's that a cringe moment but other other than that literally just that one isolated moment in the film everything else it's really like i don't know it, it moves you a lot emotionally and makes you laugh and it's it did win an academy award for best costume so thank you for making the proper decision then <laughs> I'm going to talk about a documentary on this one. Obviously, it's like mandatory viewing, I would say, for for the community. And that is Paris is Burning. I've seen it. It's a drag film. You Wait, did you say you have or have? I have, yes. Oh, okay. I was like, oh my God, I thought you said I haven't seen it. No. Mandatory viewing, you just said it. <laughs> yes. Uh, and this definitely comes as a recommendation on a lot of different levels. Obviously, if you're into RuPaul's Drag Race, I do highly, highly recommend, if you still haven't watched it, to watch Paris is Burning, because so much of the terminology, so much of the, even like the names, the things that they give their names for. Mm -hmm. I mean, RuPaul's, she literally does balls each mm -hmm. season. All of that comes from the ballroom culture, which we're seeing in, uh, is that show Legend, Legendary, um, with 
Well, yeah. there's Pose. There's another one now, too, though. Oh, okay. So there's Pose, and I think it's called Legendary. Both of them are about ballroom, except I think Legendary is like a competition show rather than okay. Pose, which is scripted. So, you know, we're getting those shows now that are highlighting mm-hmm. the ballroom scene and kind of expanding yeah. people's view of, like, what that scene was rather than just male the female drag queens, which is kind of what RuPaul's Drag Race, since it became the most popular, it was like this big weekend, that kind of skewed a lot of people's perception of just what happened in these places. And it was like, no, 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 no. That's why when RuPaul made those statements initially, which he's walked back on, obviously, about trans contestants, everyone was like, what the hell? Hold on. Like, you have been ripping off the ball scene for a long time, and trans girls in the ballroom scene have been running shit for a long time. Don't, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, so now they allow trans trans yeah. women on. Now they just need to let gendered women on and then we'll have no problems oh. Ruth. <laughs> Ruth, before you retire girl you're getting up there so it's like mid 60s now girl um i but... doubt that rupaul will ever retire <laughs> the show will think... be she'll cancel i the do show. not think that woman can possibly bear to be outside of a spotlight could have there's no way i think secretly as what we were talking about earlier uh sometimes i wonder because you know she still looks great for her age like uh, you know she looks amazing she's, like i said she's ageless like, she's mid 60s like. yeah. sometimes i wonder if she gets some of those eliminated contestants backstage and just gets their blood a little bit uh, if she's like the <laughs> she, wicked witch of the drag world she does the focus maneuver just <laughs> after they've been eliminated she grabs them off the stage in the back room um, <laughs> But we're on to you, Rue. We got you, Rue. <laughs> we haven't seen some of these contestants in a long time, Rue. But, uh, but no, so this really, I think, is... It's a good background to like understand the, the full yeah. historical context of like drag. I mean, it's not the full historical context. No. I think there's also some really incredible films that kind of like trace drag. There's a, a documentary on Netflix that like covers drag from like historically. Like this yeah, gives you this is about like modern drag yeah it gives and, you like yeah. and it obviously takes you through several people's kind of life at the time yeah. one of which dies uh before they're done making the documentary yeah. so like this person you follow this trans girl that we're following the movie ends up getting yeah. killed so and it's dying all, and it's also i want to say it was made in the 80s so it's like in the uh, 1990 yeah so it's like yeah. in the midst of the hiv aids crisis so yeah, that's yeah. that's just hanging over everyone's head wow. it's you know we've been living with covid and it's been this like very intense pandemic thing for all of us but like it's it's a very weird thing to like go and think and just like you know 30 years ago 30 years ago there was this other pandemic that was like decimating just one specific group of people and they were not getting any answer with it help. at all yeah not the government like, was like literally doing everything they could to like not acknowledge yeah. and not yeah i mean <laughs> like under I, the rug i obviously don't think the, the u.s government did everything right i don't think it's possible no. to like know everything that you need to do in the midst of the covid pandemic but they fucking did shit they Something. mobilized and we, and how quickly it was taken care of and like 
from there getting people to take it i mean that's yeah. a different story but the government at least wasn't trying to stick their head in the sand we forced yes. them but uh well i mean like a little bit but like whatever <laughs> just a few of them until they were forced the out but yeah, so Paris is Burning also like contextualizes modern drag. So like, the thing of it is, is that like prior to these these balls, drag is very, there's a, so the big difference is that like old drag is men in dresses is funny, haha. Yeah. Modern drag has moved into, I wouldn't call it like actually modern, modern. There's like this interim, so like Paris is Burning is um is that where the lgbtq community starts to get a hold of it and it's about performance and the art of it it starts to move into you know it's like andy warhol is getting really big at this time and it's all about the like rupaul is, is starting yes. to become more mainstream yes so this is really much more about the creativity of it and it's one of the first you know and like <laughs> there's a lot of gay men at this point in time that end up there that end up as sex workers yeah. And so um, drag starts to become something that is like a little bit more of a, it's a way for, um, for, for gay men to start to like carve out a piece mm -hmm. of society for themselves, a piece of like capitalism in the world for them. Um, and like where it is now. And like now I think drag is really starting to move into this really fun, like it is about yeah. the art, but now it's so much about like, exploring these boundaries of identity yeah. and like i think there's so much fun stuff really being done with like face painting and and makeup and the like just basically using canvas i think actually i don't really watch rupaul as much anymore because when i first started watching rupaul what i loved was the costumes i was like in love that's with spoiler alert that's why she loves season three the, yeah the, yeah yeah project Raja's runway like, drag yeah. edition Raja <laughs> is my queen yeah like i was all about what well, i loved those sewing challenges i thought that that to me was what was like incredible about drag was the um <laughs> the glue and popsicle sticks of it the like i'm gonna put together this look just with my skills and my creativity well because that's um, something you know me and you can relate to and so many other people out here you know like where we do a lot of costumes whether it be for cosplay or for videos or you know for mm -hmm. theater whatever mm -hmm. it is and we we ain't got that kind of cash so we're sitting yeah. here hot glue in and like yeah. and like i'm glad that there are drag queens with thousands of dollars that can pay incredible costume designers to build them pieces of art but like for me what made it interesting to watch was to see the process of the creation of these like ideas and this development i'm less interested in essentially what drag race has become which is like a beauty pageant well, I think and now and that's another i think that's another great grounding thing for paris is burning is because you're really seeing these people who are here for the community like mm -hmm. and yeah they give out top prize you know you get like top prize of the night for this category or that category but a lot of them i mean these categories are so different you know it's a lot about the dancing you can mm -hmm. see like actual duck walking and actual voguing not the not yes. madonna <laughs> not madonna. not what's <laughs> Yes, just in case anybody wasn't aware, Madonna stole voguing from the ballroom. <laughs> she did not come up with it. So you get to see all of this, and it's really just, and so many of these kids are homeless in this, you know, like 
it, it wasn't the glamorous thing. And yeah. it's also a good thing to just look back on. And I know this sounds like grumpy old person of the community, but we see these mega stars of drag these days. Like we're getting these really popular coming to the mainstream. They're getting shows on HBO. They're getting their own shows everywhere. They're coming up in movies, like mainstream films. Mm-hmm. And just going back even to 1990 when this film was released is like, like a whole different world. Like the world is completely different. We're mm-hmm. still amidst the, the entire AIDS crisis of the United States. So it hasn't really been that long since Paris's Burning In happened. But if you watch that documentary, it feels like a lifetime ago. Like it feels like, oh, this can't even be in the same like era as what we're talking about now. Yeah, it's a different world and it, it really helps to contextualize, I think. And it's fabulous. And the, the women and the queens and the boys and the girls, all of them are fabulous in the film. So check it out. All right, Ren, what you got? I don't. We talk about my next favorite, um, one of the ones we more recently did, uh, Victor Victoria. That one is a little bit less known, although if you don't know it, get on it. Uh, <laughs> Julie Andrews, at the top of her game, is a woman pretending to be a man pretending to be a woman. So it is like drag inception. It's, you know, she gets to sing and just be incredible. We've all seen Mary Poppins. We've all seen The Sound of Music. But like, do not forget that this woman has pipes from God. Just full (laughs) on granted to her the voice of a goddamn lead singing angel. (laughs) Yes. Um, It's also really fun. Um, really entertaining. All, all the characters are really, really good. There's a, a a little bit of campiness, so there's definitely some little like, cringy moments. But overall, good, wholesome old movie fun, and um, set in France, and and makes fun of French people a lot. And and it's always fun. I I don't know. I know that maybe it's like a trope that people don't love, but I like the idea of playing with sexuality in these contexts too. Like, of course, I love a good straight up, like, gay, 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 make it all gay. Uh, But I also love, like, when somebody's pretending to be the opposite gender and someone of that gender, like, starts to find them attractive but considers themselves straight. So, like, in this film, her partner, obviously, he finds himself getting very like confused with the julie andrews who's supposed to be a male character and i i just find though those more subtle kind of fun ridiculous ways of playing with sexuality and how people you know it kind of plays with the notion of how kind of ridiculous these rigid forms of sexuality are Um, I also just love the trope of this girl who's the who is in a relationship with the the gangster. I love that. I, I don't know why. I just love that character. Yeah. <laughs> She's ridiculous. Uh, oh, I love just boy. like the little slice of annoying. Um, but they're all they're also always a little bit like tougher than than you're you know they're not boring they're not boring i think never that's boring. what it is is they're like the never early, boring. like they're kind of like the clowns they're the bio queens of their type that they are they are a uh a, a caricature of a type of woman and i just live for it so and there's this one, one of the show girl too so she was really yeah. kind of a bio queen. it she does that song <laughs> c-h-i-c 
cheese. It's just like a whole thing. It's, just, it's really good. It's really, really. Um, I highly recommend it if you have not seen it. Victor, Victoria. Great. <laughs> let's move it. Let, let's move right on. Why don't we talk about something like it hot? That yeah, something like it hot. Film. Yes. And this definitely, obviously, it's set in a much older, the oldest film we've discussed thus far, mm-hmm. black and white originally. And it's, it definitely plays into the trope of guys in dresses are funny type of thing. Yeah. But it's just so funny. But it's also funny. It's so <laughs> I funny. Mean, the movie it's itself is so funny. well written. It's, guys in dresses are funny, but like the movie itself is funny. The script is funny. Yeah. Yes. Marilyn is funny. Like everybody is funny. It, it doesn't just rely on the cheap joke. It keeps it, you know, it keeps it punching throughout the entirety of the runtime. But once again, it's kind of a, a farce film as we move throughout. It has that romance element, which, you know, I just love always. But <laughs> But he doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, you just the, the sarcasm face no. on it. <laughs> I have to make sure. In case just you're just listening. Uh, no. Spoiler alert, I don't. But it works here. I love, you know, I love Marilyn playing this type of character as well. Because especially at this point in her career, this was more of a leaning into it rather than mm-hmm. her feeling kind of put into it. This is a, a little bit later in her career. This film, more than so many of her others, I think really showcased her comedic timing. And mm-hmm. I don't think people give her nearly enough credit for what a good comedic actress she was. And she's great in this one. I think both of the leading men who are in drag are really great as well. And I love that, you know, we were talking about this as we were coming up with new LGBTQ drag films to discuss. And this one isn't really queer. But I, I have, it's been only a couple of years, but I'm pretty positive the friend, the other one who dresses up in drag, literally the last, like, goes off on the boat with one of the old men from that, like, little club that they're at, at the end of the movie. Like, this old man is, like, infatuated with him, and he just goes off with him. So, <laughs> I mean, which especially for what was this this was the 50s right uh is you know Mm -hmm. to end your film even with that little nod is already kind of like oh okay 1959 59 okay just barely just barely i was like i know it's later in her career obviously but um yeah so i mean obviously you love marilyn as well i do (laughs) you love some like it hot I do, I do. It's I, I love old movies generally, but um, yes, some like it hot is definitely one of the. I mean, it doesn't um, check a lot of boxes for me in terms of like a favorite drag film. Yeah. Um, just because, like you know, again, it's the the drag element of it is used purely for comedic effect. Like one of the fun facts is that so by 1959 they absolutely had color, but they filmed some like it hot in black and white because uh, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis looked so bad in color. They were like, no. No, no, <laughs> black and white. Let's smooth that shit out. <laughs> yeah, the, the best uh, costumes went to Marilyn for sure in the film. Her character yeah. got the best costuming. So yeah, so I enjoy it as a film. I don't know if I enjoy, I, I like love it as a drag film, you know? Like, but it is certainly, yeah. It, and it is certainly an iconic piece of the drag movie um, yeah. 
story overall landscape yeah as we evolve because again i mean people have been in drag for ages and ages and ages theater was was a drag central <laughs> when the women weren't allowed to be in the plays the men were in dresses good old good old drag helped exclude women from the workplace <laughs> <laughs> different uses <laughs> i mean well, okay did you have another one you want to talk about ran oh sure hedwig and the angry inch that one is yeah good. one a lot i was surprised it actually took a very long time for me to um watch it, it which is strange because i'm a theater kid and it's one of those like theater drag iconic big deal things um but when i finally watched it i was like oh yeah amazing this is right at my alley it's uh it's surreal it's weird um it's fun the costumes are i wouldn't call the costumes they're not like skillfully created but they are very fun to look at. They're, it's like they're a vibe. It, it fits the vibe, kind of yeah. punk, yes. you know, rebellious yes. vibe of what yeah. we're going for here. It's not the glamour drag. It's mm -hmm. but it fits this drag. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so yeah, I I really like. I haven't. I think I haven't watched it since I watched. Um, we watched it for the review, but it's Ooh. definitely. It's definitely. I would love to go see a live production of it. I haven't seen it live before but um yeah it's, it's good you liked it too yeah yeah i loved it i also it took me until we did our thing and then i went and bought it on the criterion yeah. <laughs> so i really loved it i was like wow because it's, it's weird it's it's the it's the right kind of weird it, it's um you know it deals i i think the, the i love the way it deals with real feelings and real emotions and real fuckery in a silly way i'm a big fan of just surreal films in general that are <laughs> i like surreal films that are still followable there's lots of surreal films that are just like pieces of art on yeah. film i mean that's not necessarily true i like david lynch films too because they're poetry but they're like nonsense i mean they're not nonsense but they're a little nonsense but like but hedwig and the angry inch has um has, a, has a lot more to follow and it has has a through light and it's just fun it's a really it's fun with a, the darkness like a dark, yeah wow. and i think that's what i love is because even even with like you know priscilla that does talk about you know deeper stuff or some of these other films other than you know a documentary per se uh hedwig is just it has that air of almost depression layered over it the does. top you know like you yeah. could just feel it uh with the character with the film itself and it just has that real authenticity to it and that real rawness all mm -hmm. throughout that film and i think it's really infectious when you're watching it and if you vibe with it i think you really vibe with it so yeah no i loved hedwig and so, pushes some with some gender issues too that we don't see else it does it was certain it was certainly ahead of its time um way yeah way ahead of its time so if you haven't seen it yet you absolutely should put it right on your list just watch it for for for, for june for pride month yes and while we're on it we should just take a quick pit stop because if you're watching this on a video you may have noticed 
uh, the looks that uh, Larry <laughs> and I are sporting today. We didn't mention it all yet, um, but the precursor to Hedwig and the An Angry Inch, kind of the, uh, the, <laughs> the gate opener, which is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, that is another fantastic drag film, which, you know, some people question whether or not it's like drag, drag, but I don't, I think there is no question. It is absolutely drag. There are um, many men wearing women's clothes in that film. Um, some of them not voluntarily, but in, they love it, really. They're like all about it. Tim yeah, Curry just, is like literally the over personification yeah. of just. We just did a whole <sighs> video for for Larry's YouTube review channel. Um, so if you want to hear us go into depth on Rocky Horror Picture Show, you can. But um, for the purposes of this podcast, it's an iconic film. It's a cult classic. It is a continuing cult classic because of how timeless it is. Yeah. Um, the, the key takeaways, I think, from our discussion are that, like, it's campiness and it's, like, kind of chintziness. It's like almost like it's like low production quality. What gives it a lot of charm and has made it last, um, and like what makes it still like relevant even today is like its sex positivity. It doesn't deal with a, like homophobia. Um, it's the first like bisexual. He's pan. Frankenfurter is pansexual full on because he is an alien and he sleeps with everything. I kind of appreciate that, right? Because like. It only feels like now have we really gotten into films that have LGBTQ characters and aren't focused on the tragedy yeah. of it. Um, but before its time, you had Rocky Horror Picture Show that was just like, have sex with everyone. Who cares who you have sex with? Is it pleasurable? <laughs> Do you like it? Go for it. Like... Raggy horror was like sex positive before sex positive was like a term. I think that's what makes it just like a, a great piece of film. It's also, it is an homage to all of the films. And so that is another fun aspect of it as a person who's like into watching movies is like you know, all the little like crumbs and nuggets and gems that like point to different things from old movies. The fact that it's really hard to narrow it down, like, right? Like it's a horror comedy, musical, sci-fi fantasy erotica <laughs> it's like everything all at once um, so it's it's incredible i think it rightly deserves its position as a piece of pop culture legend well i think we'd be remiss not to at least discuss it both of us have, have wavered on it a little bit more recently but i think it's one, most people our age at least once considered a fave, and that is Chu Wong, Wong Fu. <laughs> I like I knew exactly what you were talking about. I had yeah, to so it's one of the most popular drag queen films. Obviously, it's one of the most well-known. It has an all-star A-list cast <laughs> um, and was made while they were famous. I think that's one of the big feats. It's like Patrick Swayze, like amongst his like big fame wesley snipes when he was mega popular doing this drag queen film and john john leguizamo as the most surprisingly fishy drag queen ever for those of you who are not up on the terminology fishy means that they look like a woman like you would not know that that is not a woman so this is a drag film that doesn't quite seem to grasp the concept of what drag is correct 
and I think that's that's why it's kind of like in a weird position now because we're like "Mm." uh did you watch Priscilla did you notice that when they got on the bus they looked like men uh they only really put all that mess on when they were getting to the stage uh yes (laughs) this nah in the car (laughs) like it don't matter like and like like, i think that theoretically (laughs) theoretically in this film they're they're really more like trans women which is kind of what they're going with but like it's very clear that people who wrote the film just like didn't didn't have a good conversation things and um and it, it's a little bit because you know that that has like at some point kind of uh has colored colored for a while our perception of drag it was a pretty big cultural phenomenon when it happened um and when it came out but like even if they were trans they wouldn't be, be dressed like that <laughs> they wouldn't drag is uncomfortable y'all not like <laughs> like i can't wait to take this makeup off of my face like it looks cool it's fun to put on it feels like art i love being on stage and and being fabulous um but it is not comfortable i would not choose i like <laughs> You know, especially if you're like really going for it, they've got like breastplates on and they've got waist cinches and all kinds of things. Like, if you're a woman and if you've ever tried any of those things, you that's just not comfortable. You go to the, you put the shit on, you go to the party, to the event, to the thing where you want to look hot, and then you go home immediately. Fuck, if you can get it off in the car, thank God, because <laughs> you can actually like sit in a car wearing a corset. It's just like not impossible. It's not possible. So yeah, so that's the big problem with um, the these like, men were in that damn and the, the car across the whole damn country. They're in and drag the whole time. The and, whole movie. And it doesn't, yeah. And so it's just a lack of understanding of like what the difference is there. It's really weird. Um, it actually is. <laughs> There's something, there's also like the sketchiness of um, Don Leguizamo's character, Chichi, is basically like courting a man that doesn't know that she's a, a, a man. And like, there's ethical problems with that. And like the insinuation that like, it, it, it contributes to this idea, this like, yeah. this idea that trans women are trying to trap straight men yeah. by pretending to be women. And that's a problem in this film because it is actually kind of like what this character is doing. In the end, she chooses the right thing and and yes. doesn't do anything about it. But like, it, it is it is problematic. Um, and it's just once again, I think especially when you prop it up because they came out so similar in time. When you prop it up next to Priscilla, there are just so many things that you're like, oh, because Priscilla handled the whole trans thing really really well karen stamp did not make it a secret about their identity in the film or anything and that man became affectionate to her the way she was and how he met her how he knew her so there was no like karen stamp trying to trick the folks like no 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 like (laughs) yeah uh but then we have i mean no offense there are some built women of course i've seen them with my own eyes but we have to admit snipes is like jacked i mean (laughs) this woman is a bodybuilder like there's no other profession that this woman is because he was huge in this i mean it looked and those humongous shoulders and then you have patrick swayze too who's like 
six foot something with these broad shoulders in this film. Yeah. So he and he keeps wearing like these matronly clothes because his character's like the mom, like he's <laughs> like the suburban like mom with these yeah. updos all the time. So he's in these like coats and like. So his shoulders just look enormous. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to watch again because there's just so many problems with it. I, I think at its core, the intention wasn't bad. Like, no. you know, the, the kind of the moral of this, you know, I love <laughs> that the, I love the idea that these drag queens come into this boring town and they <laughs> zhuzh everything up and they make everybody's lives better. I like that as a concept. I like that, like that is fun. Um, and I, you know, soccer tanning is great. Yeah. yeah the, the, like, yes. And that like, you know, the, they don't have to be your enemies, that, that they yeah. can be a beautiful piece of making your town and your world better. Some of the core concepts are good. I would actually honestly love to see something that was kind of like a remake of mm -hmm. it that like yeah. took the core kind of concept of it, um, changed it around a little bit so that it was, you know, you can even play you know i would love care like uh, like a peppermint or somebody like somebody oh, who is that. is a trans drag queen that can come yes. in and kind of like can can like play with that can really explore that this idea of like well no i you know this is a performance this is me yeah. pretending to be a, a, a glorified yeah. you know a theatrical version of a woman but this is me, me. this is who yeah. i am um, I think there's a lot of things that could be done, like revamp this and make it something that is that is thoroughly beautiful and not like 50% just like hard cringe. So in the remake, would we still have RuPaul come down in a Confederate flag dress? <laughs> I think so. That actually would be okay with me. I think... <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, that's good time. <laughs> okay, but that's, that is what drag is designed to that's do. Drag. It is, yes, it drag make fun of the bullshit is. And it's like, of course, if a southern bullshit. white queen did it, we're throwing stones. Listen, we're throw, I'm sorry, girl, we're throwing Correct. apples, we're throwing whatever we can get our hands. But a black woman comes yes. out in a Confederate flag down. You know what? It's a protest. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a now become a political protest. Yeah. <laughs> it's also especially like I'm pretty sure that was like that was there was a time period, and I want to say it was like kind of similar where like there was a lot of shit about like people arguing about the American flag and whether or not you could burn it and whether or not it was constitutional and whether it should be legal and like all of this shit. <laughs> Like to cut up a confederate flag and then like turn it into a dress <laughs> that is a fucking like baller ass move <laughs> hey. <laughs> but all right well that was our picks for some of our favorite drag films from throughout history let us know which ones did we miss as we talked about these which ones are your favorite drag films mm -hmm. you can sound off over on the youtube video version in the comments or you can hit both of us up on twitter ren where can they find you 
You can find me on Instagram at RennyPoo13, or you can find me on uh, Twitter if you want to scream at me and avoid. Um, <laughs> I don't look at it that often. Uh, at Ren Manley. Um, but the best place to find me is on my theater company's website, audaciestheater.com. We are going to be doing a summer production of The Great Gatsby. So if you're around, you can go to one of Jay Gatsby's fabulous parties. And if you're here listening to our fabulous podcast about fabulous draggy movies, then this is probably right up your alley. Uh, so go check it out. Perfect. And you can find me at ChiliBoyYT over on Twitter and Chili Boy Productions on both Instagram and YouTube. Well, thank y'all for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.